Welcome to WrestleWolf. I am Damian Gibson. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. And uh, joining me, as always, is the man, the mystery, the enigma. I'm so excited. I'm hitting my own microphone stand. It's Matthew. Hello. Hey, man. How are you going? Are you ready to talk about some Monday nights? Yes, I absolutely am. <laughs> um, how big does Eric go at the beginning of every Nitro? He, it's, He's, it's, a, it's an important show. You've got to sell it. It is, and he is, but he's like at 11. It's amazing. Welcome to Monday nights. This is live nitro. Like it's <laughs> mental. Um, I don't know how you felt about this nitro. I felt like it was a bit. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> um, now, should we start with Pepe Watch? I missed what the dog was dressed as this time. He's wearing a saddle. Uh, you can't ride that dog. You shouldn't ride that dog. It's a small dog. <laughs> he was wearing a little saddle, and Steve Mongo McNuggets was offering Bobby the Brain Heenan a ride. And Bobby the Brain was saying, I would not ride that uh, <laughs> that giant tarantula for, the, for anything. Well, it's not sensible. So good job. Bobby's right. <laughs> Bobby's usually right. Even yeah. though he's the heel commentator, most of the time I'm like, you make perfect sense. <laughs> is that just what a heel commentator is in wrestling? Someone coming in and being like the silly officer from Monty Python? <laughs> yep. A good one anyway. Sorry, the sketch is too silly. This wrestling, this gimmick's too silly. <laughs> silly. Uh, speaking of silly, we start off with the uh, Nitro debut of the Disco Inferno. Um, and he's got a match against Alex Wright. Can I tell you, Matt, that I love Disco Inferno? Well, I did at the time, um, which is weird because I don't really like disco music. I have no affiliation with Italian 70s New York culture, um, but I loved Disco Inferno for some reason. Well, that's not what I was expecting you to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if the feeling's going to be replicated in 2020, but in 1995-96, I really liked him for some reason. This, this is his debut against Alex Wright, and they, the fans, first of all, go mental for Alex Wright, like, yeah. to the point where I was like, something's happening here. And, like, I don't know if they've been paid. I don't know if they were, like, hyped up beforehand. If there's there's something else going on because they're not that excited about Alex Wright. Um, and then the commentators, as soon the, the match rings and they start talking about Hulk Hogan. Well, as we, Straight know, away. as we know, Matt, when Hulk isn't on screen, People what should the audience be doing? Asking where Hulk Hogan is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, I feel like this. I mean, this match didn't go for very long. Um, I didn't even write down. Uh, oh no, Alex Wright gets the win. Um, and both of these guys showed that they could actually wrestle a little bit. Alex Wright is much better than Disco Inferno in ring, I think. But you know, Disco Inferno can hold his own. Like he can have an okay match. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, this is like we're so far removed from Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio to kick off yeah. Nitro with this match. Well, that's you know? what I, as I watched this, I was like, oh, Sabu's go- Sabu is gone, isn't he? Like they just haven't. <laughs> it's like I would much rather see Sabu versus a chair than <laughs> the short. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Um, You're like, where's Johnny B. Bad? Yeah, man. Yeah. Or or Paul or Paul Orndorff. Either one. I like that. Yeah. I, I feel like off off air you're gonna be like, Hey, hey man, can you just like stop mentioning that I like, like I sort of don't hate Johnny B. Bad? Like <laughs> I think it's like a little bit disrespectful. It's uh, ruining my credibility. <laughs> I can't I can't go to war with the boys from what culture if they know that my favorite wrestler of all time is Johnny B. Bad. Um <laughs> Um, now we, we all want to know where Hulk Hogan is and, um, he cuts a promo here where he's got, (laughs) he's got a neck brace on, um, this, him and Jimmy Hart, like doing a promo, cutting a promo straight to film in a locker room is one of my enduring fondest memories of wrestling i just like that um, it's clearly a set locker room as well like it's not a real lo- like why 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 don't they just use a real locker room <laughs> i know i know they have a locker room like <laughs> obviously also hulk hogan threatens the giant because andre the giant is kayfabe big show's father hmm. and he's like you'll be laid to rest with your father yeah that's a pretty full-on thing to say to someone yeah, and remember, Hulk Hogan is the biggest face ever <laughs> in the history of wrestling. And he says things like this all the time and cheats all the time. <laughs> and it's just accepted because, I don't know, it's the Hulkster. No one ever really cares or pays any attention. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I can tell you from my perspective, definitely not caring at this stage. No, no, no. I, I've... Uh, yeah, I've always just been like, yeah, cool, the Hulk can do whatever he wants. <laughs> so essentially he um, he says that he's getting his own giant truck, monster truck, sorry, and that he wants to have a truck off with, uh, I was about to call him the big show, with the giant. The big, I stinky, know, nasty giant. Big, stinky, nasty giant. I know from personal experience that this monster truck match is one of your favorite things to at least reference in wrestling of all time. That's because it's <laughs> so I, one of the finest things to ever happen outside of the ring. <laughs> so I can't, every time I hear them mention this, I'm like, oh, Matt must be just fucking losing his mind. And I feel like it's almost half the reason why <laughs> you wanted to do the, the podcast was so that you could talk about this monster truck. <laughs> well, that's what I'm sick of this garbage <laughs> narrative where they're like, oh, you know, WCW was shit and then uh, the NWO came about and, like, people sort of liked it for a minute and then, like, WCW went back to complete garbage. I'm like, WCW was great. The monster truck battle happened and they could never follow up on, like, something that big and incredible and what a spectacle. And it, yeah. and it fell apart from there with all this rubbish about, like, Hulk Hogan being, how can he be a bad guy? He's got a giant monster truck. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it makes me so angry. <laughs> this NWO yeah. garbage. 
Bischoff came along with all these Japanese garbage and just ruined the promo. Oh. <laughs> ruined the promotion. Hate it so much. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope you don't hate it that much because we've got like a good three years of the promotion being nothing but world orders. I'm, so, I'm going to be like, really, really positive for the next next six months of this podcast, but far out you people are in for some negativity when it comes to the part that everyone likes. Um, yeah, I'm quite trepidatious about going back to, especially the part that I really loved at the time, like NWO Hollywood versus NWO Wolfpack. Like I, I remember at the time loving that and I feel like as a as a 40-year-old man, I'm going to be like, this is atrocious. But anyway, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's well, coming Well, maybe up. you'll understand it on a deeper level because you'll still be younger than anyone else involved in that storyline <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I'll, find, I'll contort some ridiculous logic into being able to like it. I'll find something <laughs> to justify it to myself. Uh, we had another Slim Jim ad. I feel like we're just going to get a Slim Jim ad every Nitro for the rest of time yep. until Macho Man leaves. Um, yeah, that leads into it, it's almost a signal. It's almost like the Macho sim- signal that you know that Macho Man's going to be on the show next once you see the mm. the Slim Jim ad. Uh, mean Gene is in the ring again, doing another interview with Macho Man on the back of. Uh, interviewing him last week in ring and uh macho man calls out lex luger who runs straight to the ring they're both in ring gear this time rather compared to last week uh luger challenges macho man to a match next monday and says if he loses he'll leave wcw which he just got there i mean how how like annoying would that be well it's you know sometimes like he's in the probationary period of his employment really that's true. He doesn't have to give any notice. God, I hope he leaves. Doesn't leave any. Doesn't lose any annual leave. I, I, if I could have one wish, it would be that Lex Luger loses and leaves and never comes back. <laughs> uh, so let's see if I'm magic or not. Uh, we next we week. have identified a weakness early on is the one thing that we i mean not that we disagreed much so far but this is the one thing that we both a hundred percent agree on is every time lex luger walks on screen both of us are like okay i'm like i'm like i'm sitting there and i'm like where's johnny be bad now i wonder yeah that's what i'm wondering (laughs) when johnny be bad isn't on screen i'm wondering where's johnny be bad why are the commentators Uh, talking about this other guy yeah, they're always talking about Hulk Hogan. I mean, surely Johnny B. Bad is more money than Hogan. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Hard agree. Um, <laughs> do you know what Johnny B. Bad's face looks like? Uh, you know when they show uh, botched uh, plastic <laughs> surgery? You know, like when a Hollywood actress has had too much plastic surgery, sort of looks like a cat woman. That's exactly like what he looks like. like. That's what he does, though. Johnny B. Bad looks exactly like that. Uh, Macho Man accepts this match. Um, now, I'm not – you've got to help me out here. He, did he put his WCW career on the line as well, or is it just Lex's? No, it's just Lex's, but then later yeah. on the commentators – Bob, I think Bobby the Brain's doing a bit of uh, good old JR not paying heaps of attention. He's like, well, one of them will be out of WCW, and it's like, I suspect neither of them will be. Because <laughs> it's not the stipulation of the match. And further – 
it happened a long time ago and I know that they both continue to be in the WCW. Spoilers, man. Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Macho Man puts his hand out, which is weird as well because last week it felt like Macho Man was being a, a dick and now, you know, Lex Luger. So he re- Lex Luger refuses to shake his hand, just walks out of the ring. Well, I think they're developing uh, complex characters, you know, like everyone, people are contradictory and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And they're doing that by having people do things that are the exact opposite of anything that would make sense for their character. (laughs) (laughs) It's the WCW way. Um, Halloween Havoc is announced next. And it's it's official. There is going to be a machine versus machine match. Uh, the Giant versus Hulk Hogan, both who have had their own monster trucks bait. <laughs> if you're watching along and with us, you are in for, and you've not seen this, you are in for such a treat. This is... Um, I don't know if I you mean, like wrestling. You just have, like, accidentally downloaded this podcast <laughs> and you're like, oh, this sounds interesting. Oh, my God. Like oh. you're, a, you're a family member of ours, and you're just checking to see what this weird obsession is that both of us go off into our rooms and talk about for hours on end. Um, the the fact that sentence is one of the most wild sentences I've ever said in any wrestling podcast I've ever done. It's this match is official. It's a machine versus machine match. <laughs> Brian Cage versus Amira. <laughs> Um, don't bring up, you get upset when you bring up Brian Cage. You seem like you're in a good mood. I don't want you to get upset. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, I'm bringing this match up next because it was on the show, but, oh, man. Um, Carrot Sour Sour versus, that's the most Australian pronouncement of that name ever, Carrot Sour uh, versus Sergeant Craig Pittman. we spoke about Pittman was on Fall Brawl and we were very much of the opinion of like, meh. Uh, has anything changed for you? Nope, Matt. Uh, I just want to point out, this is the second match running where com- the commentator's talking about Hulk Hogan, but they also, they're also they also talking about how good his monster truck's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked, I looked up Kurosawa. He uh, ended, like he, he became about 15 years after this. New Japan heavyweight champion. Mm. Uh, yeah. He had like a really great career. He was in a, a tag team that like really um, sort of captured my imagination with their name because um, mm. it was called Muscle Orchestra. <laughs> that's, that's not bad. Actually. I was like, I wish I was in Muscle Orchestra. Yeah, that's... Um... Yeah, I really like their album, The Gold, that came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, he had a great career. He got injured in 2011 and retired from that injury in 2020, which makes like Edge look kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's like he wrestled nine years with a broken neck. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Angle's always banging on about how he won a gold medal with a broken neck. Mm. Well, you know, Kurosawa wrestled for nine years with a broken back, so... Unfortunately for him, uh, this match was nothing to be interested in. 
No, Karasawa gets the pin. It is an insight into Bischoff's love of New Japan, which I didn't really, I mean, you know, there's the NWO and, and you know, the st- but like that story essentially was nicked from Japan, although, you know, you get varying degrees of yes and no from that, yeah. but it was. Um, but I didn't realize until sort of listening to a bit of 83, uh, 83 weeks that uh, Bischoff, like loves Japan, the country, but also New Japan. He's like a like he's a. You always get he, again. This is another one of those narratives where Eric Bischoff gets painted as like just this sort of, um, you know, slick guy who never really cared about wrestling and got lucky for a few years by, you know, hiring the best wrestlers in the world <laughs> or the most popular at the very least. Um, but when you listen to eighty three weeks, it's like no, he's a. He loves He's a it. fan. Like, yeah, he loves it. Um, and this was a, you know, this was a another sort of glimpse of that of him bringing Japanese wrestlers over for the promotion. But Karasawa got the pin. Um, if I never see Sergeant Craig Pittman again, it'll be too soon. I'm sure um, we'll see him all the time. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, next up, we have Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman in an interview that. Now, on our last episode, I was asking for um, some semblance of storytelling rules in this Ric Flair and Arn Anderson storyline, and I got it, but it was a week after Ric Flair came out and did the face promo that he should have done after this promo. Yeah, they're just they're they're mix and matching things. It's like memento, like. <laughs> You don't know what's yeah. going to happen until like November of two thousand and one, and then it all makes sense, and you're like, ah, yeah. No, I would say that I would say that Bischoff and Kevin Sullivan's booking is as close to Christopher Nolan's direction as <laughs> as anything that I can can find in art. Absolutely. Um, Anderson and Pillman. Uh, well, first of all, Pillman's got a backwards bum bag on. For a start, he's got uh, like he's actually got his bum bag on his bum or fanny pack for our American listeners. <laughs> um, they're both awful, ridiculous names for a ridiculous uh, piece of paraphernalia that no grown man should wear ever. Uh, remember, the, like that was the wrestler. Like for the next sort of four or five years, you'll see wrestlers wearing these all the time. It's, and I can't. It's like what's they're like they're physically so massive that they can't fit things in their pockets. So they've just got like their wallet, their chapstick. Uh, it's <laughs> like yes, they're superhuman, but yes, their lips get dry. Um, yeah. You know, maybe a pen to note down things, and maybe a little notepad. I like. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I would like to know. Um, to be honest, maybe deodorant because they're like. I imagine you get sweaty. If you're a human, yeah, roll, um, yeah, roll on stick, yeah, yeah, like you, you can keep all kinds of things in there. Like maybe little. I don't maybe. think any of them are keeping little books in there. That's what I suspect. <laughs> uh, your, I mean, surely you've got to have your uh, frog eye Oakley's case in there, <laughs> <laughs> and necklaces. That seemed to be a thing wrestlers were really into. So, like <laughs> maybe they just kept extra necklaces in there. Yeah, there's a lot of jewels. Yeah. yeah, like, uh, I mean, Hulkster earlier in the episode was wearing two crucifixes. 
and took one off in that promo as well. Did you notice that? Yeah, he loved Jesus less by the end of the promo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, Arn Anderson and, and Pillman have been in on this together the whole time, supposedly. And at the end of the promo, they're doing four horsemen sort of um, the four horsemen hand signal to the crowd. Um, there's a whole bunch of talk about a tag team match. Have I completely missed this? No. Like, uh, the, uh, it hasn't been mentioned previously, uh, <laughs> at least not on Nitro, potentially on, <laughs> on Saturday night. I don't know because uh, I'm not that committed. Yeah, it must have been on Saturday night, right? They couldn't have left something well, that obvious just in... I don't know who Rick... So they're saying, oh, you know, Rick can't find a partner, Rick can't find a partner. The logical person that in the Ric Flair surprise with surprise partner versus Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman would be Tully Blanchard, right? Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to go there. Like, it it might just be Craig Pittman or... uh, I, I... I don't know. I can't think of any other wrestler other than Craig Pittman and Tully Blanchard. But uh... <laughs> well, they say he's already asked Sting, and Sting's told him to piss off, basically. So that's who I would have thought, because you know, Sting's not doing anything at the moment. You know, but where is Sting? I don't know. He's sizing up the uh, the rafters and stuff. Right. <laughs> well, he's US champion, but he's just not. Nothing's happening with that storyline. Yeah, that sucks. I forgot that he was US champion. Hopefully we get to see Sting soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up we had the Taskmaster versus Macho Man. And now this is this is kind of like an extra long segment that goes for the rest of the episode, basically. Um, I just want to point out that Macho Man's WCW theme rules. It's cool, uh, eh? Yeah. That, that that piece of music is pomp and circumstance, right? Yeah. Um, so the, w, the WWF one was, was a stringed version of that, and this is this sort of awful 80s hair metal guitar version of it. It's so sick. <laughs> that I love. Like I, every time I hear it, I'm like, that's so, so cool. Um, now, Zodiac is out there. He's the only member of the Dungeon of Doom Um Man, what a character Zodiac do, is. Do you know that he oh, did you notice that he'd uh like shaped his hair into a, having a little horn at the front? Like he sort of looked like a narwhal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had that a full brawl, to be honest. Uh-huh. I did notice that a full brawl as well. But I think like it's one of those things that like as soon as he exerts himself and any sweat gets that into his hair, it disappears. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he looks like Alfalfa from Little Rascals, just to yeah. pull out a reference from the 1920s. Which, compared to Kevin Sullivan, who looks like all of my dad's friends, <laughs> like he just yeah. he has that kind of like, oh, he's like sort of a yeah. fat guy in a polo shirt, but you can tell he used to be really muscly, and he's got like a very good-looking 45-year-old blonde wife, and he works mm. for like the Royal Auto Service. And like yeah. it's like that's that's who he is. Except he's also he the devil, according to Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so this me- this match kicks off, and um, 
you know, there isn't a huge amount happening. Um, there's a very sort of weak spot where I think Zodiac was meant to already be up on the rope so Macho Man could <laughs> swing Kevin Sullivan into him. He's not there. So when Macho Man turns around, they sort of have to on the fly call it. Um, Sullivan is kind of just left on the ropes hanging while Macho Man like basically rips uh, Zodiac into the into the ring. Uh, the ref tries to stop so- uh, Macho Man from doing this um, and that gets disqualified because he won't. And I like that. You don't see that. I mean, this kind of stuff happens in almost every match in every promotion now mm. and no one gets disqualified at all. And this match is not good other than that. So. No. No, 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 no. Well, it was it was a blessing that it ended. Uh, <laughs> Macho Man goes crazy. He tries to pile uh, the two of them on top of each other and then give a flying elbow off the top rope. Um, and then the giant comes out to help out. Uh, and then it's send in the jobber's time. Uh, essentially, he chokeslams Macho Man, and then did you notice that his chokeslam? He follows them to the to the to the mat. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. That's way cooler yeah. than just the big drop. Yeah, for sure. It, it looks and because he hits the ring, like the whole ring shakes mm. and like it makes a big impact. Early Paul White, like the majority of Paul White's run in WCW, he's good. Yeah, you know, like I think he's really good. Big Show has been around for so long in WWF or WWE. It's hard for me, especially like I mean, he was he mainline raw uh, mainline. <laughs> He didn't mainline anything. That he headlined uh, Raw two weeks ago, and it was—I mean, it was essentially so Randy Orton could just kick the shit out of him. But he's—I've just lost like any all the goodwill that I've had for Paul White has been—I've lost because yeah. of the years of having him shoved down my throat so conveniently as well. You know, you like you don't see him for weeks, and then all of a sudden he's out there killing someone for the sake of a story. Mm. Um, but when you know having him on Nitro, he's no one can get even close to him. Like they're building him up so much for this match with Hulk Hogan. Mm. It's even though it's like done in a super dumb Nitro, amazingly awesome way. <laughs> it's still it is still building him up, right? Like there is a part of me that's like, like. As a 40-year-old watching this today, I was like, you know, Hulk's going to have his work cut out for him to beat the Giant. He will, hopefully. The uh, <laughs> And also, just to point out, we're talking about Hulk Hogan, but this was the only match in the show where Hulk Hogan wasn't mentioned. Yeah. Well, the guys really dropped the ball on this, you know. I um, There was a moment where I didn't think of Hulk Hogan in this show, so pick up your game, guys. Yeah, I was because Johnny B. Bad wasn't on. So yeah. You're like, is he about. hanging around with Hulk Hogan right now? Must be. Must be. Johnny B. Bad must be just, you know, looking after Hulk, making sure his neck brace is okay, all that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, So after the Giant has chokeslammed, like, basically every jobber they can get their hands on, Lex Luger comes out. Macho Man is, like, flat out on the on the, on the the mat. And then... Just almost out of nowhere, Bobby the Brain is like, whose side is he on? It's almost like the third man reveal. In fact, it's like they were doing a dress rehearsal for it. Yeah. 
that's this is shit and that was awesome. Um Lex Luger stands over Macho Man and I'm like, oh my god, did Lex Luger join the Dungeon of Doom? I don't remember this at all. And then the giant grabs Lex Luger and choke slams him as well. And then Kevin Sullivan tells him off, which still, once again, doesn't make sense. No, what is going on? Is he part of Dungeon of Doom? Does does Kevin Sullivan think that he can get Lex Luger into the Dungeon of Doom? I think that's, that's where it's going. Yeah, can someone explain something to me? For <laughs> God's sake. Um, so then we cut to an ad break, and when we return from the ad break, Lex Luger's still in the ring. He's, you know, from that choke slam. Thank God. Everyone else is gone. Uh, and then we get the match that we've all been waiting for, Lex Luger versus me. Matt, you still there? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this is a match, or as I like to call it, a rest hold. <laughs> yeah, man. This is Jesus this Christ. is this shouldn't have happened. To be honest, um, this was a mistake. Yeah, it doesn't really. I mean, I suppose the only thing that you can say is that it slightly propels this kind of. Mega Powers versus Dungeon of Doom story, kind of, you know, like from Fall Brawl, those four, you know, the uh, Sting, Hulk. Uh, if you want it propelled in this manner, then you're wrong. No, I'm not saying I do want. It. I'm saying like the, I, don't mean, I, I know thing. that sounded very uh, aggressive. I wasn't. I didn't mean you. I mean the royal you. I mean the right. booking committee. If they're like, this is how we're going to propel this story, they're wrong. Yeah, that's that's. I was just about to say the exact same thing. Um, yeah, it's weird, and it go it, like I mean, it, in the end, it was only like six or seven minutes, but it felt like it went forever. Um, where yeah, it was essentially just Ming in a rest hold, and then occasionally sort of getting Luca to the mat with a choke hold or you know a body slam or something. It was legitimately just killing time. Um, so much so, I mean, Luga had a couple of comebacks, but uh, you know, and Ming ended up winning the match as well. You, ex- I expected that like Luga would have a comeback and win. You know, at least there'd be that sort of payoff for the people who've stuck around. But I don't know if you noticed, each time there was a wide shot, there were less people in the background. <laughs> well, you got to get the jump on the traffic. <laughs> I would have been <laughs> thirty seconds into this match, I'd be like. Kids, do you want to watch a Lex Luger match? And hopefully if they were my kids, they'd be like, no. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> they'd be like, but Dad, what if Johnny B. Bad comes out? And you're like, yes, you're right, we'll stay. All right, Shit. fine. Yeah, you <laughs> know my kryptonite, come. kids. You know my kryptonite is Johnny B. Bad. Um. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's, I just realised this. All the faces, like, run out and stuff. If Hulk Hogan's in the locker room, what the fuck's he doing at this point? Um putting his crucifix back on. Yeah, well, that's true. But it's, it's nice that he refound that extra faith. <laughs> He's like, he is in a neck brace. Yeah, but he wants to take it to off. To be fair. To be fair. I mean, K-Fab-wise, he is in Jimmy Hart, like, muscles it onto him somehow. <laughs> I know. Like, that, uh, that beast of a man, Jimmy Hart. Do you know, um, we're, we're literally talking about something Hulk Hogan did earlier in the show. <laughs> <This is laughs> we're doing the thing, yeah. 
we're doing the thing that we always tease Eric and, and Brain for doing. <laughs> but, but seriously, when, yeah, but seriously, when you dish up Lex Luger versus Ming, of course we're going to end up talking about Hulk Hogan and Johnny Bad, the two biggest stars in the company. Yeah, that's right. I mean, well, that's half right. <laughs> yeah, I suppose Hulk Star was waning at this stage. Um, so, and I just wanted to point out as well, the show has run early, if that makes sense, for the last two weeks. Like they've had, they've had to cut to, uh, and maybe it was a conscious decision to end the show with Eric Bischoff talking, but it doesn't seem very exciting to me. And it feels like it's a runtime thing where they've just gone, oh shit, um, uh, cut to Eric and the boys. And they just have to sort of, they just spend the last minute and a half just selling stuff. Well, I remember Saturday night, uh, we'll find out whether Hulk Hogan's dead or not. And uh, you, next Monday on Nitro, you can also find out if Hulk's dead or not. Yeah, they're like, we'll, we'll hear from Hulk Hogan to see how he, it's like, we just heard from him. He's yeah. okay. We know he's okay. Unless there's something else happened that you haven't shown us. Which is very likely. Yeah. J- Jimmy Hart, you know, decked him and. Well, so far, if we if we're going off the sto- the way stories are told, so far it'll cut to Hulk Hogan in a hospital bed, but we won't be shown for two weeks why he's in the hospital bed. And the hospital bed will be on like uh, you know some kind of like military ship, and yeah. it'll be painted <laughs> in yellow. Yeah, the HM, HMAS Hulkster. <laughs> uh, with George W. Bush on the on the deck. We did it. We did it. Finally. Um, cool. Well, there's a bit of politi- political commentary around at the end of the episode there. Um, we are done. We're at the where we are the Eric Bischoff and Bobby the Brain at the end of the episode padding. <laughs> the this this was a, a, a not a very exciting episode, but I suspect no. we're in for something pretty special next week. <laughs> Why did you say that? I legitimately don't know. I don't even know what's happening next week. I just assume right. it'd be better than this. Yeah, this is my least favorite episode so far. Um and I gotta say, I think like not having Sting or the Hulk on at all really doesn't really does help and johnny be bad obviously and we need a bit more monster truck action like we're building to what is inarguably probably the greatest match in wrestling history and like where are the monster trucks that's true you can't reveal them until halloween havoc though can you well they sort of had them in the promo (laughs) like they had hulk hogan they were like hulk hogan's monster truck's gonna be real cool then they just had it in the thing and i was like not how I would have done it. I mean, I would have dedicated the whole show to it, obviously. Yeah, that's Hulk true. Hulk Hogan that's building true. the monster truck himself. That's what I want to see. I want to see a Fast and the Furious-esque montage where it's like, uh, you know, the Hulkster and all his mates, the Nasty Boys, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Hart, uh, building from scratch a monster truck. You know what I don't want to see? The Nasty Boys. <laughs> I want to see a montage that ends with the Hulkster like doing the last of the spray paint. He's got like a welder's mask on and like an industrial spray paint can, and he like just puts the last bit of yellow on the truck and then 
flips up the miner's mask and is like, I think we're ready to go, brother. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Well, uh, I I hope you get to see that. <laughs> All right, man. Let's leave it there. Um, just quickly, uh, I forgot to do this on the last episode. Thank you for the people who are listening. Um, I was telling Matthew about the um, the amount of people who've been listening to the episode so far, and it's like a bit weird. So, um, thank thank you. I mean, not you you guys aren't weird for listening. That's the point. That's why we do this. But thanks. <laughs> um, we're just a bit shocked when we see that there are actual real humans um, listening to this. So, um, yeah, if you could uh, find it in your hearts to rate and review it so we can get to even more people, that would be great. Um, give us a review, five-star one if you could, um, would be great. Um, follow us on socials. Uh, we are WrestleWolfPod on all the socials. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next Monday uh, with an even bigger and better uh, episode of Reconsidering WCW Nitro. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.